Aloha. Welcome to the Mr. G podcast. This is episode 33. It is Sunday, June 18th, 2023, Father's Day. Later this week, on the next few episodes, we're going to talk about the University of California, UCLA, and also University of California, Berkeley. But today on Father's Day, we're going to talk a little bit about fathers. It's a cooler 76 degrees just before 8 a.m. here on the outskirts of Chinatown in Honolulu, Hawaii, the largest city in the Pacific. And on this Father's Day, when I'm preparing to hear my neighbors in their barbecue outside and celebrating how they're raising kids and multiple children in a one-bedroom apartment, I gotta, you know, I hate to be the one to pop your daddy's little bubble on this family fucking gathering, but not all fathers are good. A lot of them are not good. Do you want to know about me and my father? Obviously, I did not have a good father. If you're listening to the first minute of this podcast, I can say, I can tell you that my father, I guess when somebody comes up, when it comes up, I describe him as an asshole. Um, as an adult, I realized he was a narcissistic sociopath. Narcissistic sociopaths are unable to experience uh, empathy. They can experience joy. They can experience shame. Uh, but empathy is the main thing. And my father um, had two sets of twins with my mother, um, me and my twin brother, and our two older twin sisters who are four years older than us. And the odds of a woman having two sets of twins is one in 700,000, which you would know if you have read my book, Gonzo Education, uh, one of the highest reviewed books on Amazon. That's Gonzo Education. And if you want to know more about me, that's the best place to go as well. But as far as my father, I can tell you that he was a narcissistic sociopath. He was very abusive to me and my brother. He's very neglectful. He only gave us 25 cents a day for lunch. He was extremely verbally abusive more than anything. Uh, he would every day, he would tell us, you boys are nothing but a couple of liars, cheats and sneaks, liars, cheats and sneaks. Uh, when he initially got custody, when we were four or five years old, the first thing he did was throw away all of our toys. So growing up as a child, we we lived in a barren room with nothing but a TV with cable. Thank God we had cable. Uh, and then later on, he moved us into a closet in the garage where the only thing that could fit in there was a bunk bed. Uh, so he was extremely abusive and neglectful. Um, he was cheap, very cheap, but he was very successful individually. Uh, he was a college professor, which surprised people when we told teachers and other kids at school because supposedly a college professor is supposed to be a wealthy, very good position. And he was Dr. Brandt. Uh, so Dr. Brandt, my father, was Dr. Asshole. And uh, looking back, it's, it took me a long time to grow up and develop into uh, the person that I am today. And there was a silver lining. Uh, we learned at an early age, me and my twin brother, that our father wanted nothing to do with us. And a lot of parents I see as an adult, they uh, influence their children. They put their uh, their thoughts and their beliefs. And even if those beliefs are wrong, the, their racism and their bigotry and uh, their, their idea that the world is flat and whatever. And kids just soak it up like a sponge and they grow up believing these things. And so I see that as an adult where I see children. Like I said, I was a high school teacher. And I'm like, how do these kids end up like such assholes? 
And then later on seeing their parents being like, oh, okay, that, that pretty much explains it. Where in my case, we knew that our father did not want to influence us. He did want not to know us. He told us from day one that he was going to kick us out on our 17th birthday. And uh, so at that time, 16, 17, we were ready to soak up any knowledge. And thank God we didn't soak up any of his bullshit. But like I said, he he didn't want to put any of his knowledge on us. And I see how horrible uh, young people are today. And a lot of that comes directly from their parents. Um, you know, so enough about me and my dad. Uh, I, 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 I try not to resent him. I think he's still alive in his last days. I don't want anything to do with him. I don't know how him and our sisters justified our sisters. They were four years older than us. They were basically his little child brides. One was his official cook, the less attractive one. I don't know what the other's official job was, but he was a fucking sick dude. And, uh, you know, if there's an afterlife, he'll have to answer to that. I don't know. I'll never understand why he did the things he did. But some people, like we learned earlier, episode 30 of the Mr. G podcast, that nature and nurture, some people are just born sociopaths and they might have the same upbringing as somebody else, but they still don't have any empathy. And I look at my own twin brother and we're like totally different night and day with our how we look and our personality. And one thing that he lacks that's similar to our father is empathy. And it's hard for him to feel uh, sympathy for others, to think of, put, to put himself in the other's shoes, exactly like how our father was. And this is despite me and my twin brother having the same upbringing, the same school, the same friends, the same jobs, the same nurture. We were just born uh, with different nature. So with that being said, a lot of people are born, but you don't always want to celebrate the father. Father's Day is a made-up holiday invented by Hallmark to sell greeting cards. Not all fathers are good. Without looking at any of the statistics, I can tell you, hey, 50% of them are bad. Even the ones that stick around aren't necessarily good. Where does most trauma and abuse come from? Yes, mothers are guilty of trauma and abuse, but as far as sexual and physical abuse, no, that's mainly Pop's fucking deal. You know, that's him tossing back the beers and smacking up his kids and shit. You know, it's not the mom doing that. You know, the mom's more uh, nihilistic and uh, passive aggressive, you know, uh, terrible mothers. You can have a narcissistic mother, uh, but they're generally passive aggressive in their abuse. But it's not Mother's Day. It's Father's Day. So uh, 36 shocking statistics on fatherless homes. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen, in the United States, we have a lot of fatherless homes. There are more than 64 million men who identify themselves as being a father in the United States. Out of that figure, only 26.5 million men are part of a home where they're married to a spouse and have children under the age of 18 living there. I grew up in a generation where the majority of kids that I knew at school and in my neighborhood were one-parent households, or some kids, you know, would have uh, joint custody, and they'd go to their father sometimes, and their mother sometimes. I remember kids joking, like, I get two Christmases, I get two birthdays. But it's gotten to the point where a dual family household mother-father is rare. It's like now, in 2023, it feels like it's something for the elite. The U.S. Census Bureau reports that 22% of fathers are raising three or more children under the age of 18, with all of them 
being their biological relative. Only 2% of fathers raising children are living in the home of a relative or unrelated individual. There are 2.5 million fathers who are on their own in a single parent household. In 1970, there were only 400,000 fathers in this situation. 18% of the single parent households recognized by the U.S. Census Bureau are headed by a single father. So only 18% of single parent households are ran by Mr. Mom, a father. That tells you that uh, 88% are single mothers. What does that tell you? Good job, mothers, as far as uh, you know, human beings raising their kids. Once again, women are doing a much better job than men. 88% of single parent households are women. Fathers are important. And, and that's why it's important to bring up today on Father's Day. That statistic right there just stands out. 88% of all single parent households are women, all right? Or identify as women. <laughs> okay, fathers are important. Unfortunately, fathers are not always there. These statistics on fatherless homes show why it is important, even as a single parent, for a father to stick around. Statistics about fatherless homes. 85% of youth who are currently in prison grew up in a fatherless home. 85% grew up in a fatherless home. So they, it can be worse. You know, I'm complaining about, uh, you know, my neighbors and stuff, but it can be worse. 85% of the people in prison were in fatherless home. That just shows if, if you have a father in your household, you're uh, more than, uh, you have only a 15%, you know, of you, if of being in that situation in prison where like they do a statistic and you're in prison and you're like, everybody's like, Hey, nobody's got a father. 85% of us. Oh, you got a father? Yeah, I had a father. He was a good guy. Threw the ball to me. Threw well, how'd you end up here? You know, Because we're all fatherless. That's why we're here. All right. Uh, another statistic, number two. Seven out of every 10 youth that are housed in state-operated correctional facilities, including juvie, uh, are from a fatherless home. So seven out of 10 for juveniles. 39% of students in the United States from the first grade to their senior year of high school do not have a fatherless father at home. Children without a father are four times more likely to be living in poverty than children with a father. Children from fatherless homes are twice as likely to drop out of school before graduating than children who have a father in their lives. 24.7 million, million children in the United States live in a home where their biological father is not present. That equates to one in every three children in the United States to not having access to their father, according to National Public Radio. Number six, girls who live in a fatherless home have a 100% higher risk of suffering from obesity than girls who have their father present. Teen girls from fatherless homes are also four times more likely to become mothers before the age of 20. Wow. The, the girls who live in a fatherless home have a 100% higher risk of suffering from obesity. So if you don't have a father in a home, you're getting fat. I'm sorry. Okay. 57% of the fatherless homes in the United States involved African-American black households. Hispanic households have a 31% fatherless rate while uh, Caucasian white households have a 20% fatherless rate. So the fatherless rate in the United States for Blacks is 57%. The fatherless rate for Latinos is 31%. And the fatherless rate for whites is 20%.
2011, 44% of children in homes were headed by a single mother living in poverty. Wow. Just 12% of children and married couples were living in poverty. That's unbelievable. 44% of children um, headed by a single mother are living in poverty. And just 12% of married couples. Children who live in a single parent household are more than two times more likely to commit to commit ending their their than children in a two parent home. Seventy two percent of Americans believe that a fatherless home is the most significant social problem and family problem that our country is facing. You do hear it a lot. You hear it on talk shows. You hear it from the black community. Um, you hear it from the white community and the Latino community as well. Uh, but fatherless homes is a um, is, is an issue. And it also has to do with the uh, welfare state where an individual uh, or a couple will receive less benefits uh, from being uh, having a father in the home than they would uh, if it was a single mother. And I don't I don't have an answer to that question. Of course, you want to um, give single mothers benefits. And of course, they deserve more benefits. Um, but like I said, I, I'm just the messenger here. This is from uh, National Public Radio and the U.S. Census Bureau. So I'm just the messenger here. Um, well, I got my fucking opinion, too. You know, I'm not just the fucking messenger. All right, that is the Mr. G podcast, which reminds me, the Mr. G podcast is available wherever you listen to your podcast. Apple podcast, Amazon podcast, Spotify podcast, everywhere you get your freaking podcast. And full episodes of the Mr. G podcast are uploaded in their entirety to Twitter and YouTube. All right, with that number, number said, um, only number 11, only 68% of children will spend their entire life with an intact family. 75% of SA uh, people um, are motivated by displaced anger that is associated with feelings of abandonment. Ugh, I don't like that statistic. That's, that's a cop-out for fucking criminals. Number 13, living in a fatherless home is a contributing factor to substance abuse with children from such homes accounting for 75% of adolescent patients being treated in substance abuse centers. Once again, I'm not in that camp. Um, I think an individual has free will, as we talked about in yesterday's podcast. Uh, so whether you commit a crime or you become a, uh, a substance abuser, um, that's on you. You know, I, I, a lot of people, including myself, came from very hard backgrounds and I didn't choose to become a criminal and I didn't uh, uh, choose, I didn't break the law or do crime and I didn't, uh, and I haven't abused substances. I haven't become a substance abuser unless you count coffee. So I, I don't agree with all of these statistics here, but like I said, this is from the U.S. Department of Justice the U.S. Census Bureau, Bureau and uh, National Public Radio. All right. 85% um, of children who exhibit some type of behavioral disorder come from a fatherless home. 90% of the youth in the, in the United States who decide to run away or become homeless uh, originally come from a fatherless home. Well, 90% of homeless youth come from a fatherless home. So that's where these statistics do stand out. Like I said, I don't agree with all of them. A lot of them, I, I think it's are based on uh, uh, personal merit and choices an individual makes. But when you say like 90% of the youth in the United States come from a fatherless home, that says something when it's that high, 90%. 63% of youth suicides involved a child who was living in a fatherless home 
when they made their final decision. 63% the, the day that they uh, decided to end everything. That's That shows the importance of having a father in the home, having a male figure. Uh, number 17, children who live in a single parent or step family home report less schoolwork monitoring, less social supervision, and lower educational expectations from those who come from two-parent homes. That makes sense. When I think of a two-parent home, a mother and a father, and let's say a high school student, um, I picture them in a, a, a an affluent upper-middle-class neighborhood uh, with a nice pool and a little white dog, and their expectations are high for them to go to college and graduate from a four-year school. Maybe that's just the archetype that's created in my head, but that's what I think of when I think of a two-parent household. Number 19, within the African-American Black community, about 2.5 million fathers live with their children, while 1.7 million fathers are not living with them. Wow. Well, at least there's more fathers living with their children in the Black community than are not living with their children. But it's still close. 1.7 million are not. 2.5 million are. In 2014, only 3% of single mothers fell into the strongest demographic groups, while 44% fell into the weakest groups. About 40% of children in the United States are born to mothers who are not married. Over 60% of these children were born to mothers who are under the age of 30. Wow. 40% of the children born to in the United States are born to mothers not married in, in 2000, and nowadays, now in post-2000. All right, looking at these statistics objectively without giving any opinion, what is this is, is teaching us is there are many, ch many children being born in the United States, but the vast majority of them are coming from poor households. Once again, idiocracy is coming to life. The people that are having kids are very uh, dependent on the government welfare system, and people that aren't having kids... Uh, and and they're 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 being raised in one parent households as well, and that's that's the statistic. And and, and youth that come from one parent households, uh, they don't seem to be um, a lot of uh, prisoners and homeless people and uh, substance abusers. The majority of them, sometimes ninety percent, come from fatherless households. Children who live in a fatherless household are two hundred and seventy nine percent more likely to deal drugs or carry firearms? 279%? Shit. I guess it makes sense. If you live in a fatherless household, you can carry a gun, right? You got to be the man of the house. You got to sell drugs. If you, there's no pops around to go to work every day, you got you to gotta make the bread. Nine, But 279%? <laughs> Yo, if you don't have a father in your house... You're 279% more likely to carry a strap and sell crack. All right. Just saying there's a good chance, you know, if the dad leaves, hey, that's a, you got a good chance of some bad shit happening. Number 29, 92% of parents who are currently in prison in the United States are fathers. Oh, 92% of parents in prison are fathers. Okay. So only 8% of parents in the United States are mothers. Pregnant women who do not have the support of the father. See how easy it is when there's two genders? You can do the statistics for both sides. Um, 90, uh, pregnant women who do not have the support of the father experience pregnancy loss at a 48% rate. Wow. 
when the father is present, the prevalence of pregnancy lost to 22%. That's sad. Pregnancy loss is 48% when their father is not um, supportive during pregnancy. That's one of the most important things. I remember hearing about some celebrity that left his pregnant wife or something. If any man leaves his pregnant wife, that person, that's not a good man. Um, let's see. For single dads, 39% of households had a family income, which was 50,000 or more. 44% of single dads were divorced and only 33% had never married. Only 30% of fatherless homes are classified as being food insecure, yet only 13% of homes will util utilize the service of a food pantry. Over 30% of fatherless homes also spend more than half of their income on housing costs, which classifies the household as experiencing a severe, severe housing burden. The median income for households with a single mother is 35000 the median income for a home with a married couple raising their children is 85000 It's more than twice that much. The average income, or excuse me, the median income of a single mother, 35000 The median income of a couple, 85000 25% of children at the age of 18 are currently being raised without the presence of a father. Around 50% of single mothers have never married. 29% are divorced. Only one in five are either separated or widowed. But still, the one of the statistics that really stands out, 40% of the children born in the United States are to unwed mothers. That's unbelievable. I mean, I'm, I'm not like the biggest proponent of marriage or anything. I don't want to get married personally. Uh, you know, maybe I, I do someday. Uh, um, but uh, it shows like how important it is with just these statistics. Even in homes with fathers, the modern dad spends only eight hours per week on childcare, which is six hours less than the modern mom. On the other hand, 43% of the modern dad's time is spent with paid work compared to 25% of the time for women, for the mom. Dads are spending three times more, three times more time with their kids than dads did in 1965. Only 5% of households in the United States say that the ideal situation is to have the mother work and the father stay home and take care of the kids. So in this time of equality, only 5% say it's better to have the dad stay home and take care of the kids and the mom go to work. Only 5%. 95% think otherwise. 53% of Americans say that mothers do a better job at parenting than fathers. Only 1% of Americans say that fathers are do a better job than mothers. Great. Only 1% from the Pew Research Center. So 53% uh, say mothers do a better job than fathers. And only 1% say, oh, yeah, fathers are better than mothers. Mothers always, you know, letting kids suck on their tits and shit. All right. Number 36, 70% of adults say it is equally important for a newborn to spend time bonding with their father and their mother. So that's interesting. Those are 32 uh, interesting statistics, statistics about uh, dads, fathers uh, on this Father's Day in the United States in 2023. So um, written by Lindsay Moore here. We have solo dads and absent dads, not as different as they seem. 
So when it comes to living with kids, there are two extremes of fatherhood, solo dads who appear to raise their children by themselves and absent dads who appear to have little or nothing to do with parenting. Those two types of fathers may seem like polar opposites, yet they have many characteristics in common. More than a quarter of the 121 million men in the United States are biological fathers of at least one child. Four out of five fathers of minor children live with at least some of those children. Almost three quarters live with all of their minor children. Additionally, there are 1.8 million men who are solo fathers to a minor child who live with a child and are not living with a spouse or partner. Less than 6%, about 2 million of all fathers of minor age are solo dads, but 20%, about 7 million are absent dads of all their minor children. So uh, only 2 million uh, fathers in the United States are solo dads that take care of their kids by themselves, but 20, uh, 7 million are totally absent from their father's dads. However, this writer here has noticed some striking similarities between solo dads and absent dads. Solo dads and absent dads both differ from the larger group of roughly 34 million fathers who have at least one child under the age of 18. For example, they're both more likely to have never married and to be living with their own parents, living in the mommy and daddy's basement. The analysis is based on data from the Survey of Income and Program Participation, which collects detailed information about U.S. families. What solo dads and absent dads have in common? Within these data, solo fathers are defined as men who live with their minor children without a spouse or partner present, whereas absent fathers are those who do not live with any of their minor children. In many ways, solo and absent dads seem to be more similar than different, or at least when compared to the full population of fathers of minor children. For example, about 30% of both solo and absent dads never married, compared to roughly only 14% of all fathers of minor children. Some of this may be explained by the diversity of ways that men approach fathering, diversity that is evident even within these small groups. Both groups were also about twice as likely as all fathers of minor children to live with at least one parent. 22% of solo dads and 24% of absent dads live with a parent compared to only 10% of fathers of minor children. Additionally, about a quarter of both absent and solo dads had children with more than one woman compared to 16% of all fathers. These statistics suggest that both groups of so-called extreme dads are more likely than average dads with young children to have had kids with multiple women, not to be married when they have them, and to rely on their parents for support. And personally, I have seen this a lot. Uh, you know, an individual has kids and their parents have money and the grandparents uh, do a, a big take in the rearing and the raising of the children. And that's more common than you think, especially in the South and Texas. I remember seeing that a lot. Uh, in Hawaii, you have that a lot. You have multiple generations living in a household and where you have to ask, is that your mother or your grandmother? How dads compare. There are also some ways in which these fathers are extreme different from each other and from all dads. And we're talking about solo dads and absent dads. Solo dads are the only... Uh, parent in their kid's life and absent dads are not in their kid's life, but they have very similarities where uh, they don't make much money and they live with their parents and they are more likely to have children with multiple women. But the differences are 
For example, 5% of solo and 7% of absent dads were married, but their spouse lives somewhere else. In contrast, less than 2% of all dads were married to an absent spouse. This suggests that at least some dads may be solo or absent due to circumstances beyond their control. Solo dads may include men caring for their children while their spouse is deployed with the military, for example. Almost 5% of absent fathers had their child or children lived with them at some point during the year before the survey, and 42% of absent fathers said they had at least monthly contact with children living elsewhere. Additionally, 12% of solo fathers lived in the same household with a spouse or partner at some point during the year before the survey. These numbers suggest that some of the absent dads may be more involved with the children than it appears, and that some of the solo dads may not be as solitary as they appear at first glance. Still, there are key differences between them and all fathers of children. Solo and absent dads on average are less likely to have a college education or be employed than all fathers of minor children, all father of kids. Both extreme dad groups on average had fewer children and the youngest child was older than was true in the full population of children. Both are much more likely to be divorced than are fathers of regular children. The overlap of previously co-resident Spartaners, these differences paint a complex picture of the opposite ends of the fatherhood spectrum. The overlap of previously co-resident spouses, partners, children, children suggests these groups are neither static nor mutually exclusive over time. So things do change. And you see uh, friends and family that you've known, they might have a two-parent household for part of the time that they grow up. They may have lived with their mother for a short period. They may have lived with their father for a short period. Uh, how much of the overlap is due to temporary turbulence in the lives of fathers of young children is not evident from the data, but statistics suggest solo and absent fathers are not as different as they seem. So uh, that's the difference between solo dads and absent dads. I told you a little bit of my, about my own father. And uh, like I said, he wasn't the greatest person. And I guess with about him, it was all about individual success. And he did not, uh, you know, really care about uh, his sons, at least. And I think he just wanted his uh, daughters to take care of him in old age. And it was a divide and conquer. And uh, he succeeded in that. But his idea of success was more uh, how much money he had. And he was one of the cheapest people I'd ever imagined. He never took us for a haircut. He never took us to the doctor, never took us to the dentist. He only gave us 25 cents a day for lunch. Extremely cheap. But where, where did that leave him? Well, uh, I, I take it he's dying now. He spent his life smoking uh, cheap cigarettes and, and eating, drinking Diet Coke and eating Fig Newtons and not exercising and having a horrible heart and being a horrible person uh, so that most people don't make it to a hundred years old if they live a life like that. And uh, I don't know what his idea of success, I get he's a multimillionaire, I suppose he, he can buy a new car every week. That's what I, I hear. He buys a, a new luxury vehicle every week and he can't even drive because of his age. So uh, it's, it's amazing. Uh, the way that uh, people justify things, even in their older age. And uh, they don't, they're not open to new ideas. They're not open to new experiences. And like I said, there's a silver lining to the way that I grew up uh, without having a father figure or any parental figure uh, employing their views and their beliefs on me. 
um, that uh, I was an open sponge. There's a, a phrase in Latin called tabula rasa. And while most kids at 18, 19, 20, um, they're pretty much set in how they are and their personality and uh, not, not completely. That doesn't uh, incomplete until you're about 25. But I was tabula rasa from 18, 19, 20. And even now, um, and one reason why I've been able to keep my youth and be the person that I am today, as well-rounded as I am, as open-minded as I am, as empathetic as I am, is uh, because of uh, where I come from. So with that being said, thank you for listening to today's episode. Uh, join us later this week. We're going to go over the UCLA Bruins and the University of California Berkeley Bears, famous graduates from these schools and also uh, traditions and stories from the universities as well. Thank you for listening. The Mr. G podcast is available wherever you listen to your podcast, listen to it on your way to work while you catch the train, while you're in your Uber, while you're working out, uh, whatever you're doing, you can listen to the Mr. G podcast, wherever you get podcasts, Apple podcasts, Amazon podcast and Spotify podcast. I'm in the podcast club. They can't keep me out and I've been knocking and they can't keep me out. And so uh, thank you for listening. Everybody have a great day. And for me and my street kitties, we've bade you farewell and aloha. Shoots. <laughs>